listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound. So welcome back to General Admission. As usual, you're joined here by Alessandra and Jen. Well, I'm Alessandra and this is Jen. <laughs> hey guys. And um, today we're joined by a very special guest from Australian band In Hearts Wake. If you'd like to introduce yourself. Hello. <laughs> my, name is, my name is Jake Taylor and I'm the vocalist for, I don't know, metal, heavy band, whatever you want to call the genre. Yep. We are called In Hearts Wake and I'm from Byron Bay. Oh, very nice. Cool. So do you want to, for our listeners, do you want to just kind of Tell us a little bit about your band and the type of music you make and where you kind of are at now. Just like a little summary, a little bio. (laughs) Put you on the spot. Sure. Um, So, yeah, we we started when we were uh, teenagers, 15, 16, um, playing in high school. And we uh, went to metal hardcore punk shows in our local town of Byron Bay. And it was just a really, really nice outlet for us as, uh, as kids growing up. And we ended up forming our own band in our own neighborhood. And yeah, a group of friends got together. And it's just the music's evolved. Yeah. Um, we have more than just punk hardcore now. It's quite, uh, got many layers and many different flavors. Yeah. It's got ups and downs, and it's quite, you know, it's heavy music. But uh, the lyrics are quite, I don't want to say positive to really narrow it down, but positive, and uh, I guess there's a lot of hope uh, in, in instilled within our lyrics. We want to great messages of, of change and uh, that's really important to us nice awesome so I guess having started in high school um, must be really cool to sort of still be making music with these people that you grew up with I feel like that must be something really special right <laughs> yeah it, it, it's very special uh, knowing what we have been through growing up as boys and now becoming young men um, it, it makes it that much more when I say special, I mean not just something you just want to throw away. It really means much more to us, the mm. bond, you know, mm. the brotherhood in a way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess also, too, being able to look back um, at all your formative years, like it must be really nice to still, because I guess like for reference, I guess I'm sort of, I'm still friends with my high school friends and it's really nice to still have that connection with people because you have such a long history together. And like you were saying, you know, you kind of been through it all together, which I guess makes your bond even stronger. Mm. It does. It yeah. does. And, you know, you go through many changes mm. as you grow up, the people that you're influenced by. So sticking together with your high school friends when there's just so much um, outer influence, influencing who you are is quite, can be quite difficult sometimes. You know, how, do you, how do you grow together that growing apart? You know, mm. that's the, any relationship, that's always a difficult thing. Yeah. You've got to let each other grow and also work, work with each other. Quite, awesome. quite a fun experiment. Yeah, so yeah, who, were, who were the bands that sort of inspired you guys to start making music as teenagers? Because I imagine it's probably changed a bit <laughs> since then. Like, who were the yeah. the main influences yeah. for you guys? Well, I mean, for, for us guys, we were listening to a lot of, you know, international bands. Um, Adelaide Dying were one metalcore band at the time who we really loved. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to, they played at our high school. And we oh, got wow. to, you know, meet, and we got photos with them and met them. And, <laughs> and uh, the guitarist has since done a, he's recorded a solo on one of our records. And, you know, we're friends with them now as, as peers, not as like idols, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, that, that's such a nice thing to to see how you've grown uh, and to realize that we're all like, there's no uh, hierarchy. We're all just 
we're just dudes doing what we do, you know? <laughs> that was really special. Um, and my dad was in a punk band called Mass Appeal. Oh, really? Uh, my stepdad was. Awesome. So I watched him when I was 12 or 13 and do a reunion show with Henry Rollins black, uh, playing Black Flag songs. And that <laughs> cool. was like, that, just, that was unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. And that was a huge influence for me to become a, a heavy metal, heavy punk hardcore singer. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's also really cool, you know, this intrinsic connection that you have with Parkway Drive. But also the fact that you guys are both Byron Bay bands. And like, I think like it was like a couple of years ago, at like Unify, I'm like the lead singer was kind of, just addressed the crowd and was like, you know, it's awesome that we have not just one, but two like Byron Bay bands that are at the forefront now of heavy mm. music. It's pretty incredible. That was awesome for Winston to say that. He's a gentleman, really nice guy. They've never given us any like handouts or, you know, free tickets for anything. Like it's really been, been kind of like, uh, we're, we're all mates. We see each other out in the surf and like we hang out and play Halo sometimes. <laughs> We're very friendly, but when it comes to the music world, it's like a you do it yourself. You don't rely on each other, and so that's been really good for us, having to earn everything we've ever you know achieved without any real help. Mm. Um, and I think that's made us a stronger band. And also Parkway, I, as far as I'm aware, you know they respect what we do, having not like just hung on their coattails and 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 use them as something to pull us up. Mm. So that's been really good. Awesome. Mm. How do you think too, I guess, coming from Byron Bay, do you think that, how, how do you think that coming from that area, like shaped your music, do you think it shaped your music or like, did it have no effect at all? Because I feel like Byron Bay is a very interesting creative hub of um, Australia. So do you, yeah, do you think that it kind of affected you guys, influenced you? Definitely, because of its natural beauty, it's definitely affected me. I don't know if the spiritual center is, I mean, there's definitely something to do with the land here that's quite special. Hmm. But as far as the people go, um, there's not like there's not so much of a movement happening with like lots of cool art and cool creative things. It's more just people really enjoying their lives, hmm. whether they're a barista or they're just surfing every day. They're just really appreciative of this place, yeah. and that appreciation has allowed us to uh, to be really happy um, with where we live and who we are, and we be able to translate into our music and into our lyrics say, hey, you know, you have a place that is beautiful uh, externally or in nature. You have access to it. It really changes um, who you are and helps you to be grounded in life. I really feel that. Wow, yeah. Having been to all these cities around the world and having seen, you know, from slums to inferior countries to amazing cities, I really have seen a lot of disconnect in people. Um, hmm. and I, I believe it's because they can't see the horizon, see a nice ocean break. And I, I feel that that's really important for people to uh, have access to nature. Yeah, definitely. And and Byron, it's it's such an interesting place because I was talking to Haley Mary from the Jezebels, and and she grew up there as well. And the way that she kind of described it was that Byron Bay, you know, it's it's a, it's a great place to visit as a tourist. But a lot of people don't don't know about the damaged you know history in terms of like the people and how people have you know have had it tough in Byron. Is that something that you would agree with growing up there? Wouldn't say they had it tough. Um... I don't think people have had it tough at all, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of our parents were really smart and clever, or they were just hippies attracted to the natural beauty, and so they they either bought houses here or moved here when mm-hmm. it was cheap and affordable. And since, I guess the hard part is that it's, the real estate is through the roof, so therefore if you 
if you're uh, in my age, you have to live with your parents or rent the rest of your life because you can't afford to um to have a, have a place. Yeah. And it's been infiltrated by like um, just so many mainstream brands now that it's the soul of all those cool little shops has, for the most part, been taken away. Yeah. So that's, that's a little sad, but I don't think we have it hard. I think we've actually got it quite lucky mm. living here. I'm, I'm blessed to live here, and I don't take it for granted at all. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, we're from Sydney, so I guess... Sydney is like one of the most expensive cities in the world. So the idea of not being able to buy property is very relatable. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I guess like generally, you know, we've kind of spoken about it on the podcast as well, given like the Sydney music scene is, you know, we live in Sydney. So we give Sydney like we we kind of a little bit mean to Sydney. (laughs) But really, if you think about it in the greater picture, like Australia or just Sydney and even Byron, like they're all really beautiful places to live and I guess it's quite easy, especially, you know, with us, like, getting um, caught up in, like, the daily commute and public transport and all of that. It's really easy to just take it for granted and, like, really dislike the city you live in. <laughs> it's the whole first world problem um, thing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'd say Byron is probably a lot more relaxed. Well, I've never been to Byron, but the the perception that I have <laughs> of Byron seems a lot more relaxed and chilled out. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely relaxed. Yeah. Without a doubt. Australia in general, like you said, is, we're, we're really lucky to not have any, you know, any walls or huge, huge problems where we're forced to lock our doors at night because there's you know, gunmen on the streets. Like, we're, we're really lucky. Mm, yeah. um, and you, I noticed that having, when I come home, I'm like, wow, like, so much space and the, the pe- people are generally, generally quite happy. Mm. Um, so we're lucky. Now, let's move on to um, Ark. It's been, it's been a pretty cool story because you released that album last year um, and then you did your um, We Are Waterborne um, initiative as well. And then you've also released um, the Ark Prevails EP, which is like, you know, reimaginings of, of four of the tracks acoustically. Do, do you want to kind of, you know, run through that and what the process was, was like putting all that together? Sure. Uh, we recorded that record uh, here at home um, in our basic uncle's home studio we flew someone over here and we were just on a farm with like peacocks running around and horses and cows and we got to yeah make and create arc and that was a really uh, intense and special time for us and uh we've seen you know we've been to about 16 17 18 different countries in the last year it's been a wild a wild year and we wanted to also give a little bit more to our fans it was totally it was free people could could pay what they would like if they wanted to make a donation and that would go straight to Sea Shepherd for this mm. Ark Prevails EP, the acoustic tracks. Mm. And talking about Sea Shepherd, um, the marine debris campaign, it was something we tied in with this this record of Ark um, and it was something very important to us living close, so close to the ocean, really acknowledging our waterways and our, you know how much it you play such a vital role in who we are as human beings. Um, 92% of our blood is water. Without water, we literally cease to exist. It is the lifeblood of the earth and the lifeblood of the ark. So we took about to uh, clean up beaches in Seattle, Christchurch, New Zealand. We've done six or seven in Australia, all around the country. And we have our fans turn up. We're there, we all get gloves on, we get bags, and we just go as crazy as we can for an hour just collecting <laughs> as much rubbish plastic um, and just yeah, basically restoring a beach and we then we count it all collect it all and we see just how much waste can be collected an hour by 30 people is just phenomenal 
Yeah, that's so, uh, awesome. That was an awesome thing to do and to not to take away the element of like signing things and making it so mm. much like like where uh, I don't know it can, it can feel sometimes like you're almost like a, a standee at a cinema where people take photos with you mm. much nicer to actually have these real interactions with our fans and yeah. all be human beings having cool conversations um, and just getting to know each other like that was really really cool yeah I was gonna say that's a really cool thing like cool way to interact with your fans and I guess that you've got that interaction with your fans and fans have interactions with you, but then you're also kind of contributing to this greater, like making a greater positive impact by cleaning up beaches. So it's kind of like a win-win, a very cool thing that I honestly would not have thought of. Yeah, it goes like beyond the fans and beyond the band. Is it something greater? That's awesome. It's a win-win for everyone. Well, I guess I don't really know how to segue this, but we should probably, talking about music, um, we'll go into our first segment of our podcast, which is our What's On Our Playlist segment. So basically, we all just talk about two tracks each that we've been really loving this week and why we like them, and then we collate it into a Spotify playlist, which listeners can listen to after they listen to the podcast. <laughs> so usually we get our guests to start off. So if you've got a track that you want to speak about or if you want us to go first so you get a little bit extra time, it's completely up to you. <laughs> well, I could pick any track. Yeah, yeah. any track. Any oh, track, just like good. what you've been listening to. Basically, it's kind of like a little mini playlist recommendation, I guess. Like <laughs> a okay. little fun thing that we do. I, mean, I don't really... Yeah, yeah, I don't really listen to more men I because we play metal all the time and I'm at shows. It's not something that I go and put on, so the things that I listen to aren't that at all. It's even better. So it's up to you if, you, uh, if you'd uh, like to two, go first. <laughs> two tracks? Any two tracks? Yeah, so Ready? usually we all take turns. So you'll uh, do a track, we'll do a track, and then, you know, we, we, we go around. All right, sure. <laughs> well, my first track, I would, I would go um, The Doors, nice. and the track is called The Spy. Oh, I love I love the <laughs> song. It's it's almost jazz, but then it's it's not. Gets a little psychedelic, mm. and he just uh, Jim Jim Morrison just. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's off his head. But <laughs> he's insane. He's just really really original at how he delivers how he delivers lyrics and how he delivers his inflections and his rhythm. So I really like this track um, because of that, and I love how it builds up and then it just strips back and goes straight back to the verse really cool change awesome yeah nice and is this a song that you've like more recently listened to or is this something that goes like way back and like you kind of heard it like as like as a teenager or i've been listening i've been listening to that song i mean heavily for the last couple of years but particularly this week i've been playing it a lot mm. nice. <laughs> well i guess like in the theme of not current songs <laughs> um i was going to talk about track i've been listening to a lot I, i'm like a sucker for 80s music like i love 80s funk Um, it's something that like my family, like my uncle played a lot as a kid when I was growing up. Um, so I guess I just sort of associate it with my childhood, even though I wasn't even alive in the (laughs) eighties, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, this is a song that everybody knows. It's called Ain't Nobody. It's by Chaka Khan and it's just a good song. I listen to it in my car all the time. Yeah. Great choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually heard it um, 
like a couple weeks ago again um i was watching the voice and they were doing like a live battle and one of them covered it well they they sung that song in in the live battle and um they didn't actually they did a pretty good job of it so i kind of went back to the track and had to listen to it and now i've been listening to it on repeat so nice just a good song it's just you know one of those songs makes you feel good good song to dance to yeah nice all right, well, the track that I've got this week is, it's, it's, it's a fairly heavy one. It's I'm a punk rock banger, and it's yeah. I'm from um, the Sydney band Racket. Have you heard any of their music, Jake? I have not. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool stuff. Like, it's just got a really, like, grungy mm. punk vibe. And, and the, the song that I've been vibing on is one called Space Cadet, which mm. I think is, like, their latest single. It's just, it really surprised me just how talented um, the guitarist, the guitarist are. So you've got like Bex and then you've also got Cat. Mm. Um, and just like, there were all these guitar solos that just started coming out of mm. nowhere. Which yeah. like, when you've got just got like a punk song, which has got fairly simple rhythms, like it really hits you in the face. Yeah. They seem, I've, I haven't seen them live, but they seem like a really cool, um, um, like live band. Also too, they're like an all female band, which I think is really cool. And they all have like matching outfits sometimes, <laughs> not all the time. But oh. I've seen like some like live pictures of them, and they're like all wearing matching um, costumes, I guess, and they just look like a really cool band. Like I just want to meet them. <laughs> what about um... around the triangle? Back to me. Yeah, back yeah, to you. Back to you. <laughs> all right, this song is it's the song's called Territory, and mm-hmm. it's by the band called The Blaze. The flavor is so strong. I've missed it so long. Electronic, uh, for sure, almost housey. But Ooh. I like the song because I saw the film clip, and the film clip is incredible. And the band, I believe they wrote and directed it as well. The film clip is—you've just got to see it. It's set. It's set in um. Where is it? In oh, oh what's it called? Algeria. That's it. Algeria. Yeah, set in Algeria, and it's, it looks so real. Like you're looking in on this man, young man who's just in this another world almost mm-hmm. I think it's a Muslim world and it, it's uh, it's got this masculine energy that's really powerful and really standoffish but then it's got a really sensitive side to seeing him hug with his brothers and they're crying and there's tears coming out and uh, it's just a really beautiful clip mm-hmm. and the music is also awesome so if you haven't seen the clip or song check them out yeah we're gonna check that out. Sounds like an emotional hit to the feels. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's watch. always it's always great when there's a song that you really like that ha- has a like really powerful video that accompanies it. Because um, like while it's yeah, cool, it's yeah, one of the best videos seen in a while. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Well, I guess like the song I was going to talk about has a pretty cool music video. Nice little it? segue. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, my track is by a band called Tonight Alive, which I'm sure you guys are probably familiar with. Going on walk tour um, together. <laughs> yeah, I love. I really love Tonight Alive, and um, I like first saw them live in like 2011. Like they're one of those bands that I've sort of seen as they've gotten bigger, which is really cool. Mm. And um, their new album Underworld, I really really liked that. And then they were on um, Triple J's Like a Version a couple weeks ago. 
And so it kind of got me back into um, their music. I sort of picked up the album again. And um, yeah, the, the, the lead single for that temple. It's just such a cool track. And the music video as well, I remember when it was released, I just remember like really liking the aesthetics of the video and the way that it was kind of all put together and yellow is like a big kind of symbolism like that, that color is used a lot throughout the album and it's mm. kind of used in the music video so i thought that was a cool cool little tie and <laughs> maybe and yeah the the like a version like the live performance on triple j was very cool too <laughs> are you a fan of them yeah i'm very good friends with them they're yes. awesome people yeah, I've met Jenna a couple of times and she's she's so lovely and she's like remembered me every time too, which I think is like even sweeter because it's so nice to, I guess, listen to a band and then even like when you meet them, they're just like amazing people as well. I think that's really important, I guess, like as a music fan. What right. about you, Jenna? So um, the final track that I've got, um, so the, this is a bit of a different vibe yet again, um, but so Albert Hammond Jr., um, from the Strokes, yeah, he's been doing a lot of solo stuff, okay. and he's um, recently released um, a new album called Francis Trouble. I think it's dedicated to like his brother. Um, and there's a song on it like called T for T for Two. <laughs> This song is that it's quite like a like a, a measured kind of like relaxed kind of song, and then you suddenly have just this sax like um, solo that comes out of nowhere, like two minutes in, and I love myself some sax mm. and brass. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's so good when like you get that unexpectedly and it ties yeah. in well with the rest of the song. Mm. Um, but it's unexpected. Yeah, so, um, that was a good little treat. So yeah. check that one out. Yeah, cool. It's always cool when this like tracks that incorporate instruments that you don't typically hear like exactly. in everyday like i guess radio songs like or popular music so cool little twist yeah. <laughs> would you ever experiment with like other instruments <laughs> on your stuff jake or um we, we already do it we've got a sitar on a on oh, arc. Sweet. awesome um and we've done flutes we've done we've used We've gotten squeaky drum stools and recorded them. We've used we've smashed TVs and used car car doors and we do all kinds of weird things. Awesome! Is that like so cool. is that your idea, like in the band, or is it the producers? Like has it been the producers' idea, or do you guys just kind of um, smashing the TV? Smashing the TV was my idea, and so was the sitar. Nice. Sure. <laughs> um, the, the car door was the producers, and the stool happened because the drummer sitting on his stool playing, and he like turned and it went and then we were like what was that he's like oh it's a stool and we're like hang on a second and they put the <laughs> tuner on and did it again and it was in the same tuning as our track it was in drop a we're like what the hell then we just yeah did it and messed with it and used it as a huge intro awesome cool. yeah, yeah that's so cool like like it just speaks to like you know the experimental power of music and there's yeah. literally no limits as to what you know, makes a sound and, you know, what you can add to mm. even, like, a finished song just to make it pop even more. Yeah. Also, too, I think that, while like, you know, after you've been making music for so long, it's really nice to be able to just, like, do whatever you want and, like, change things up and make things different, sound different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I do. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe that's another question for you. Like, because you, you guys have been making music since you were, you know, in your teens, how have like your writing practices change like because you know you've been working together for so long does that 
influence your songwriting process? Like, do you... Maybe it hasn't changed at all. Yeah, like, <laughs> has it changed or do you just stick to the same formula because it works? Or, I guess, how has that sort of developed for you guys? Um, I think just having started off in the tiniest little rooms playing to a bunch of people, uh, the songs always need to, to translate no matter what the crowd was. Now, having played to much bigger audiences, you realise, hang on, we can have like a sing-along part here where people can actually sing along mm. um, live. Or we can like stop playing here and the crowd can do it. You start to write with the crowd. That is a cool, has been a cool little thing of evolve, as we evolve with what we write, the writing for bigger audiences. However, I do feel we're all kind of going, okay, we've got a formula that works, it's great. And, but also we're a little bit too comfortable at shaking things up. But mm. so now we're doing different things and wanting to add sitars and do weird things, not just for the sake of it, but because it excites us and challenges us. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you've got to find ways to keep the songwriting process exciting. Like, I don't want to use the word fresh, but yeah. like, that's the word that it kind of fits. It's a very cliche word. Um, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I guess Ooh. like in terms of experimenting as well, uh, I mean, I know that like Arc Prevails is brilliantly acoustic. Uh, did you find yourselves, you know, experimenting with any new textures or, or instruments? On that record? Um, uh, with Arc Prevails, I think, what did Evan add in? There was a couple of weird things. Evan, the guitarist, he did a lot of the programming to make uh, some cool, really cool string sections. Um, I guess, it, you know, you call it, like, it's, it's acoustic, but we also realize it's not really acoustic. It's, it's reimagined. So, yeah, we wanted to see what else can we put in there. Mm. Trying to think what other instruments he did use. There was some, I think he might have had a Rainmaker in there as well. But uh, mm. it's just really... It's just fun, honestly, being able to use other instruments. You get so, like, not tired or bored, but you just get too comfortable with what you're playing. You really want to do new things. Mm. And it's really fun trying those out. That kind of goes into our next segment, which is um, our in-depth track review. So usually we get our guests to pick one of their songs and kind of go in depth on like either the meaning of the track or I guess the songwriting process or maybe if there's like a cool story behind the song so yeah I guess talking about like interesting um instruments and like set different sounds um did you want to pick a truck pick a uh, I can't speak pick <laughs> a track of yours and yeah go in depth it kind of just give you free reign to sort of talk about whatever you'd like <laughs> oh. Which one do I pick? Yeah, there's so many good ones. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have like um, given you a little brief before we. I've got so I'm sorry, I've got like so many. It's, there's lots of cool stories in Ark, to be honest. But I don't know which to start. I've got. Maybe a... we can do a couple. I can do one real quick one and one more in depth. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Spectrum. Um, there's a song called Elemental that has the sitar. coming out on an Arc Deluxe in, I think, what, next week. And it's got a guest vocal from uh, one of our friends in a metal band called Bayard is Murder. Oh, cool. So, awesome. And with that track, the lyrics behind it, I um, I wanted to get quite a arc, almost archaic and pre-Renaissance. So we're talking like empires and um, uh, almost medieval-ish. And that that's the way the song spoke to me. And why it's called Elemental is because I feel that every every battle, every war, and every conflict, I mean, some are over love and feuds, but you boil them down to their core. It's just empires 
and tyrants and people fighting over resource, whether it be water or fire or, or land, mm. um, you know, and now we're starting to see, you know, starting to see air and oxygen become a huge thing. So with Elemental, it's really the message of the song is like, you know, we can't control the elements, us human beings. We don't really, we don't have the right, and we will never be able to actually harness them and truly control them. We have to work with them. And uh, it's saying that, hey, I mean, look at history. It's just repeating. We're trying to, you know, we're, we're trying here to, to hold oil. We're trying here to fight over land, so it's just not working. So that's called Elemental. That's a cool track. Awesome, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum, the other end of the spectrum, a much more, as you would say, emo song is a... Uh, we is love emo here. <laughs> true story about a whale that's right now in the Atlantic Ocean swimming. And it sings at a frequency higher than any other whale on the planet. And this lonely frequency was picked up seeing World War II sonar technology. And they're like, what is that? And they looked into it. It's a whale. It's whale all by itself because it can't communicate with any herd. Um, maybe, it, like, maybe it is lonely. We don't know. Maybe it's having the time of its life. But it was a really cool and interesting uh, metaphor to look into, you know, what would life be like to be alone? And, and also a lot of us human beings sometimes... And in all of our lives, we feel that we aren't heard or we're misheard. We don't have anyone who can understand what it is that we have to say. So I took this and I put it into a song. And it's about the lonely whale. It's called Frequency. For years I got Cool. Is it true that you actually like you were you were out surfing and you actually kind of like saw a whale like while you were you were out in the water and that's kind of what what sparked the track as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yep surfing almost every morning whilst writing a few of the tracks towards the end and looked desperately like asking the universe, being like, I need, I need like show me what do I write about, you know, not trying to force anything. And yes, whales popped up really close, and I just. Whales, throw out the whales. <laughs> and that story just came straight onto my radar um, immediately almost when I got home and ended up writing about it. Yeah, it's so awesome just to have, you know, like natural creatures, yeah. you know, being at the forefront of, of a lot of your music. Like, I think it's just such a powerful thing mm-hmm. because, I mean, they it existed long before, you know, humans walked the mm-hmm. earth and it, there's just there's so much to delve into. It is very humbling. Yeah, animals are amazing. We've got a lot to learn from them. And, uh, yeah. I mean, in all the native cultures, whether they were worshipped or appreciated, respected, um, or we had animal names, you know, we relied on them for for food for so long as well. They're amazing creatures and we have a lot to learn, learn from them even now. Yeah, well, our last segment that we do in our podcast is our non music segment. So basically, we just talk about everything except music, which I guess is kind of a maybe a slight transition because we are talking about the environment um which seems like you know something that your band is really passionate about um have you always kind of had that love for the environment and that have you always like drawn inspiration from it as well or is it something that you sort of just kind of in the past couple of years became more aware of like how is your guest journey with like environmentalism uh, we, we all we have always loved the natural world is as kids, without yeah. a doubt, we've been playing in the ocean or going on hikes with our parents. From you know, we just we just never really uh, 
had an awareness uh, of how it was being threatened. Right. And I think that's what's come into, a, into our later years as teenagers being like, hang on a second, like this is different than when I got to experience it. <laughs> or, you know, or we travel as a band to America to record a record and we're like, whoa, like this is, this is different. Yeah. I'm not that we're better then, but it's different and there's a lot of disconnection. So that's what sparked and fueled the, as you call it, environmental awareness. Yeah. To really just be like, hey guys, like let's have an appreciation and acknowledge the things that not only make us feel good, but give us life. Mm. So mm. that's where that yeah. comes from. Are there ways that you've um, like implemented like sustainability or like environmentalism in your daily lives? Like, in our daily lives, for sure. Yeah. The biggest thing not the biggest, but the most obvious thing for us is through through ARC or before pre-ARC, I guess the whole whole plastic um, oh, yeah. marine debris and mm-hmm. wastage was just like, wow, actually, like, you know, there's so much waste going on. There's plastic water bottles every day, like, coming into the green rooms and they're on stage. What can we do? So one of the first things we did was uh, get a bunch of stainless steel water bottles made up that we actually did with our pre-orders. And so we take those with us everywhere now and, you know, everyone's having like five to ten disposable water bottles less, you know, at a show. So that's already cutting out like more two cases of water just mm. throughout our band. Um, yeah. mm. So that's just one little thing you can do. Um, aside from that, you know, we've, we've planted we've planted trees for every record sold previously awesome. for the Earth Walker campaign. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not so much being a, I hate to use the word Nazi, but <laughs> being know strict and like can't do this can't do that but it's just being aware mm. that every time you go to take that straw or that that plastic cup you go do i really need this right now like can, mm. can i have an alternative or do i really need it you know maybe i do need to take it i don't know but being yeah. aware is the first step yeah 100 yeah, percent. and and i wanted to actually i was um, gonna ask you about you know how earthwalker tribe which is an initiative that you've started has you know evolved since you like you know since its inception yeah like how, how has that initiative you know really grown and and in terms of like how how fans have interacted with it um it's cool it's really cool to to see people out in their earthwalker gear shirts that i've you know designed i've sketched up and had my friend do it to a proper a proper official design that i can print with and i see them out wearing you know a hemp shirt on their hike and they're like taking a photo it brings you a lot of joy because not only are they wearing what I've created, but they're out and enjoying the element that it's meant to be enjoyed within. Mm-hmm. So that's really, really special for me. Um, and I've, I've done the, again, the stainless steel water bottles. And I'm doing, whenever, whenever I can, just printing on hemp garments. It's quite difficult to always be able to source hemp material. But doing that is a start and encouraging people to get outdoors and get exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I love doing, and it, it's grown, but it's, I'm also wanting to keep it, you know, when I say small, I mean just sustainable and small and, and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and what's an item that you've created as part of the range that, you know, is really close to your heart? Say that one more time, please. Um, yeah, so, so what's an item, you know, within the range that you've designed that, you know, you absolutely love that's, you know, really close to you? Really close to me? I mean... I don't know about an item. I mean, the water bottle thing was, even with the band, was my idea to, to for people to have like a little vessel that they could walk around with that they were not like a fashion accessory that they're proud of. Like, mm. this is a cool water bottle and I like drinking out of it. I'm 
staying hydrated and don't have to buy plastic bottles every day and spend heaps of money. Mm. So they're not only saving money, but they're helping the planet. So that's been a really, it's an obvious thing, but that was really cool coming up with the water bottle for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. I get a lot of satisfaction seeing my friends and family just use them and love them every day. Yeah. That's really nice. Um, yeah. Aside from that, as far as designs go, just the, the actual Earthwalker logo itself. I woke up one morning and sketched it out and I sent a photo, the exact photo, and he, the guy just basically traced it and added color. And it's just the, you know, eight little trees on a little green hill, basically. <laughs> that's all it is. But it's, it's sweet and cute and looks like a little hand drawing, and that's what I wanted. Mm. Yeah, I think it's really amazing that you guys are raising awareness um, for the environment and being sustainable. Um, because I guess, like, coupled with music, it's not something that you typically see a lot of people, um, like, combining together. So I think it's really cool that you're able to combine music with activism in a way, and especially, I guess, in a generation or I guess like our generation where we are becoming so much more aware of the impact that like our decisions have on the environment um is really cool like I know when I found out that coffee cups are not recyclable I was like I was so amazed how everyone kind of still puts their coffee cups in the recycling bin but you actually can't recycle them Hmm. So no, yeah, some councils you can. I found out. We yeah. Just, they just don't tell you which ones do. Yeah, but um, now I have three keep cups. So <laughs> yeah, good. That are such a pain to wash, but yeah. <laughs> but I have them, That's so I, it, yeah. It's hard. It's hard. Again, like what we can do is set set examples or give ideas and suggestions, but we're not perfect ourselves. I mean, we're in a band. We have to get on planes and take buses to shows, and we all know that Jesus heaps of energy and stuff to get there so um, we're not perfect in the slightest and I'm not I'm not saying that we are but we can offer solutions and we can just do our best and at the end of the day I want to be light about it and I want to just have fun and interact mm. and I like everyone to feel good about what they're doing too yeah well it's mm. true every every bit counts so even though you know none of us are perfect but I guess if we're all working towards that goal and making little changes here and there like it is does make a difference so mm. Exactly. Yeah, it's cool to be a part of that, I guess. And even for your fans too, like it's a really cool relationship to have. But I think um, also in terms of touring, like it, it's really like interesting that you mentioned, you know, how a lot of like, you know, practices on the road are so unsustainable. So I think, you know, building an awareness, you know, both for fans and also mm. fellow artists on the road is, is super important as well. Yeah. Just to be aware, yeah, definitely. Well, I guess kind of continuing on that environmental aspect, you've sort of spoken a lot about surfing. Um, and you know, you, you were surfing, um, in the mornings before riding. Um, is that something that you guys are really passionate about, um, that you really enjoy or do you surf in other places? Like when you tour, do you go to the beach to surf on your days off? Like how important is surfing <laughs> to you? I wish I could surf. Uh, it's not that, Im- it's not that important. It's just, <laughs> just a fun thing. Swimming and being in water is, is important to us mm. as a band. I love surfing just to be able to sit on a board. Not so much, like catching waves of energy is incredible, don't get me wrong, but just being out there behind the waves is equally as amazing. Mm. Um, just being able to, it's almost meditative for sure. Yeah. And uh, I, don't, I would love to surf on the road, but you just can't carry boards and hiring them. It's just a pain. So yeah. I only yeah. get to surf when I'm home. Um, there's only two of us out of the band that do surf, but we all love to swim and we love to get into waterfalls and just get out. Mm. That really, that's what you remember more than the shows itself, believe it or not. Like, tell me tours, and I'll be like, hmm. 
okay, um, and someone, will say, someone will say, oh, but where that swim at that beach? I'm like, oh, yeah, that beach, I remember, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the things that really break your day up, break the routine, mm. and fill you up. Yeah, yeah, so is yeah. it something that you kind of look forward to while you're on tour? Like, do you actively go and, you know, find places to swim or to just get out into the environment? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever whenever we can. It's very difficult. Australia, it's quite easy. Yeah. Most of the world, the schedule between shows, you've only got really enough time to travel in between and then mm. load in and then you've got to get food for yourself. Yeah, but yeah day off, we always, there's always initiative, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, speaking of touring, um, you're about to go on, on Warp Tour, which is kind of renowned for being a really difficult tour. How do you, I guess, what are your plans for that tour? Like, I guess, in terms of, like, do you think you'll have some time to go and go for a swim or anything like, like that? Or is it just going to be, like, a huge block of touring for you guys? Yeah, there's no... We got... I think last... We've done it once before. We had maybe... Two swims, I think, out of the whole time. Yeah. Um, one was because it was in Florida, right on the beach, and the other time was a day off. We managed to route, route ourselves past, in like a national park, somewhere in like Missouri, and I found a waterfall. That was sweet, but it was a pain getting the bus down the uh, down the road. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. it's not really that possible, but you've got to keep your sanity by. I mean, I kept mine last time by. <laughs> doing yoga heaps with uh, it was Jenna from Tanana Live, myself. Oh, cool. Um, and there was, there's a uh, group of Hare Krishna uh, devotees and helpers on the festival. They just oh, travel wow, with the awesome. best and we all were doing yoga and hanging out, um, you know, from sundown onwards and that really mm. helps to keep you not only like you're feeling good but breaks you up from the, the, like, the metal and the band and all that world. Yeah, it's a bit of balance. You've got to find the balance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and speaking of Warp Tour, what have been some of your favourite, you know, shows uh, across the run? Favourite shows? Yeah. My favourite show of Warp the last time was was I was opening in. Like we played at eleven a.m. First band on. We were playing in um Minnesota somewhere, and I remember thinking, oh boy, like we're playing first. Like no one, you know, there's always that fear of like no one's gonna. No one's going to be there or too early. Who are going to be tight? And it ended up being just the biggest crowd because they all just they rushed in. Everyone was on time. And it was just absolute mayhem. So wow. I remember that awesome. being really like a standout. Yeah. Um, there was a few, you know, crowd surfs and a couple of inflatable crocodiles that were <laughs> getting thrown around that were memorable. But it does tend to blur into one big American punk summer camp. Yeah, I guess that that in itself sounds really cool. Yeah, awesome. I think like especially you know us as Australians, you kind of see Warp Tour as like this really cool festival that has all the bands that you love, but like it's so far away. So I guess it's really cool that you guys get to experience that and be a part of it because um, it does just seem like a really cool yeah. like rock camp. <laughs> it's cool, but it's got nothing on Australia. Oh. <laughs> cool. So when you guys yeah. are living on the bus, like. Do you enjoy living on a tour bus or do you dislike it? Is it um, rough? Like, No, nah, I don't think that I enjoy it. I don't think that I hate it. I think you just you end up coping. Fair enough. Um, mm. Getting all the comfortable, comfortable um, things that you need in your little bunk and making sure you've got all the right foods. Mm. Um, and you just, when I say coping, I mean, it's not an, it's not an environment to flourish in by any means. Going like 100 kilometers an hour every night over like bumpy roads. Quite um 
yeah, like being on the go all the time. I don't think that it's it's a healthy environment for any individual. So you've got to really like watch yourself and mm. get sleep and mm. and have, like I said, have good food and just do it right. Because a lot of bands I've seen, you know, they drink so much or they smoke heat, um, they get bad sleeps and they just end up running themselves into the ground. So, so I guess like apart from, you know, like, you know, surfing and, and, and being in nature, what, what else are you kind of like passionate about? What, what do you like to do in your spare time? Love movies. I uh, love watching movies. <laughs> Who knows? Um, that's an evening thing, though. Who doesn't like movies? I mean, some people don't. Um, other than that, I love photography and filming nature, capturing whatever I can. Question, I mean... Um, yeah, my time is very taken up by the band, mm, even true. off the road. Um, but I don't know. Some time's coming up soon. I'm going to make some time to do some other things and make some time more for myself, which I'm looking forward to post warp. But yeah. um, yeah, speaking of which, there's definitely some things I'm going to do today. Let me get out. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, nice get out and about. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, you're mentioning photography and also being able to incorporate that with your love of nature, but you know potentially even like filming you know music clips for the band or even just you know little side things for walker tribe there's a lot you could do yeah it's, it's endless you've got to sometimes put a put a lid on it and be like okay i need to be still and meditate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's easy to be um occupied with so many different projects i think especially as like a creative yeah, person <laughs> yeah your mind's just always going <laughs> well i guess should we round that a podcast off there it's a nice way to end it on a nice little positive note about um, touring, staying, staying, staying healthy, yeah. staying yeah. healthy. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the word. <laughs> um, if you want to guess summarize what's next for you guys, um, I've got, I guess you've got Warp Tour and you've got some shows coming up, I believe. And then After Lux is coming out. And as yeah, well. the deluxe um album. So yeah, if you just want to quickly summarize, I guess like what's next for you guys? Where can our listeners find you and if they can catch you live anytime soon? Sure. Just summarize your summary. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, after Lux coming out next week, we've got Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, all ages shows. So it's a chance for a lot of our fans to bring their children, which they're always like, we want to bring our kids. Oh, really? <laughs> That's so cool. So awesome. awesome. they can bring their grandma or their mum, whatever. That's awesome. Um, it's going to be fun. And then the day after that, we go to America and mm-hmm. we're going to get prepped over there to do Fans Walk Tour for six weeks. And then followed by the rest of the year, we're we're having when I say taking off, I mean we're not just, we're not going to be touring. We're just going to um, pursue our own personal lives and write and make whatever it is that we want to make and create within that. And just yeah, have some fun with it and enjoy. Awesome! It sounds good. You know, big touring schedule, big yeah, break. Big break. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. It's been really great and um, very insightful as well. Good luck with the tour and everything. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You're listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound.